0: You're listening to The Headroom, a podcast for aspiring sound engineers and contemporary acapella.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We have an episode of The Headroom Bits today. My name is Kyle. And my name is Ricky. Today we're going to talk about recording and the proper way to do so. We've been talking a lot recently with engineers about recording, and we thought we should give you more insight as to what happens with recording in case you're a listener out there who's never had the opportunity to record someone or be recorded yourself. So sit back and Ricky, tell us about recording.
0: Yeah, so before you get started, just make sure you have the proper gear. Uh, We've talked about it in the last uh, gear episode, but make sure you have the mic, the interface, your laptop, uh, everything you need to record either yourself or the group. And before you actually get your hands dirty and record the group, uh, really take the time to yourself to practice and you know work out all the kinks, uh, whether it's uh, technical issues uh, or software issues, uh, because that those things can come up. So be prepared for uh,
1: any sort of uh, incident. And a small word of advice is to bring extras of things if you have them, uh, and those things being equipment. Uh, you know, sometimes a pair of headphones break, sometimes a wire gets frayed. So if you have any extras of of things that you think might be more fragile and more more critical to the process,, uh, it's always good to have extra extra little uh, pieces of equipment on hand. So the setup for recording, all the time when people reach out to a recording engineer, the recording engineer usually asks that, uh the client or whoever wants to record finds a nice quiet place. So we've talked about this in other episodes, but things like air conditioning, traffic, you know, public transit, neighbors stomping on the floor, people down the hall throwing parties, things like that are not very conducive to a productive recording. So try and find a space that, you know, you can find maybe some carpeting in, maybe clothing in, um, furniture that's 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 soft you know so think of a bathroom and a kitchen as the opposite of the type of space that you want to record really you want a nice dampened area
0: and one way to test for that is the clap test uh so you just clap your hands in the room and listen for those reflections if you hear a lot of uh like fluttering echoes or just Well, well, it's, it's essentially reverb. If you hear that, then you need to find a way to treat that and minimize that as much as you can.
1: On a lot of microphones that some of you may have seen, sometimes there is a piece of equipment called an isolation shield that surrounds a microphone this piece of equipment is something that attaches onto the microphone stand and works as a semicircle shield to basically surround the back of the microphone so that the microphone might not pick up some of those extra sounds being generated by the space that you're recording in a way around using or having to pay for an isolation shield is to do something like throw blankets and pillows sometimes i've seen a mattress uh, go right behind the microphone and so what this looks like is that the singer is singing into the microphone which is placed right smack between the singer and some blankets or some padded material and you'll find that it actually can make a really big difference depending on the space that you're in.
0: And don't be afraid to go extra with it. Uh, you know there are instances where where my setup is over the top where I have the isolation shield and I throw a blanket over it and put some pillows around. Um, You know, do everything you can just to avoid any uh, reflections being captured by the microphone.
1: So to step back and kind of look at the big picture of things, the only instrument that you might have in your recording are vocals. And if every single vocal is recorded with a bunch of room noise, it's going to eat up a lot of space and a lot of, uh, you know, sonic territory within your mix. So it might make your job harder later down the road when you want to add a reverb or do something specific with your vocals and there's a bunch of room noise in it. So, uh, you know, fixing your problems at the source is always the best way to go about it.
0: So another thing that's important for the setup is making sure that you are comfortable when you are working. Uh, so you need a, a desk or table and a comfortable chair. Uh, make sure that your chair isn't a squeaky one either um, because, you know, if you have a rolling chair that makes a lot of noise when you move around, um, that could be problematic. But... You know, you, uh, you're going to be sitting down for a couple of hours if you're recording a group. So do everything you can to uh, make yourself feel comfortable.
1: Yep. And then once you're comfortable, something that you need to make sure is that you are able to see and hear your singer so some engineers like to see what the singer is doing at the mic some people prefer to face away um, but I think it's a good idea for starting engineers to actually be able to see what the performer is doing at the microphone because a lot of the time if someone doesn't know like their sheet music for example and they start looking away from the microphone like this and they're looking away because they're looking at their sheet music what happens is, is they start singing uh, more distant or at a location that's uh, not good relative to the microphone. So make sure that you're able to see them uh, to make sure that they're you know singing properly uh, and using good te- microphone technique. So the next thing we wanna make sure that you guys get right is wiring uh, and all the connections that you're gonna make. Sure, so
0: most importantly, make sure your microphone is hooked up to your interface with the XLR cable. Uh, and make sure that your XLR cable is long enough for the room and the interface will, should be hooked up to your laptop via USB and from there you should make sure that you have everything routed correctly in your DAW you want to make sure that your computer has the power supply, so make sure it's uh, plugged in and charged and ready to go. In, in many cases you're going to be setting up a headphone amp that will hook up to the interface so multiple people can listen uh, to what is being uh, recorded. We encourage you to have closed back headphones so that any audio that is coming through the headphones doesn't bleed into the microphone
1: so in a lot of the iphone recordings we've been getting sometimes we hear uh, a midi playing back in the microphone because the singer has the headphones turned on too loud so that's something to be aware of when you're listening back is that if you take your headphones off as the engineer and you just listen across the room and you can hear their headphones blaring it's probably too loud and the microphone's probably going to pick it up now we're going to get into actual microphone technique so in general when you're looking at the microphone most large diaphragm condenser microphones have a logo on them. And when they have a logo on them, it usually means that that is the front of the microphone. On occasion, we have, you know, singers that submit tracks to us that actually record it in the wrong direction. They pointed the microphone a wrong way and then they recorded everything. That's it's really unfortunate. So if you have a mic, look out for that logo. Look out for sometimes a little dot on your microphone that indicates, hey, this is the front of the microphone.
0: Yes, don't pull Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, there was one post that went viral amongst the uh, producer community where she had um, she had the microphone facing the other way when she was recording a quarantine video. <laughs> uh, now, another thing that you want to communicate to the singer is that when they are when they're in front of the microphone, that they maintain a good distance, and that that would be about. 2 to 3 fingers behind behind the pop filter and when they are singing loud parts their natural instinct is to pull their head back when they when they belt because that's what a lot of singers do when they're on stage but in this case you want to encourage the singer to keep their head position in the same same distance from the microphone. So, you as the tracking engineer, you're responsible for making sure that the levels are are staying in the green. So, if your singer is at a short distance and they're belting and you're seeing that the meter is going into the yellow or even to the red, that it's your responsibility to turn the gain down on your interface. So, something that i like to do is i ask the singer to you know uh sing a couple loud sections so i can get the the levels adjusted before we go right into the song
1: yeah i can't i i can't agree with that more and i think that you know a lot of people that you know struggle with singers that move back and forth from the mic um i think what, what, what ricky said in the beginning getting that distance right with the pop filter and adjusting that right getting the pop filter distancing right and then telling the singer hey just don't get closer than the pop filter. Basically, just don't press your face into it, and you'll probably be okay. So, uh, when it comes to you know the mic positioning, the mic height, uh, a lot of people get get picky about this because you know there's no one single way to record. In general, the grill of the microphone, which is like the, the lattice, the shiny part of the microphone, uh, the 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 cheese grater portion of it at the top, uh, that usually goes uh, right at about mouth level. You know, if you move it a little bit lower, you might get more body out of a singer. If you move it a little higher, you might get more nasal tone. Uh, and then people play around with the angling too. You know, all these are super little uh, nuanced things that you can decide for yourself what sounds best uh, per singer. Um, but just don't get too caught up in it. Just understand that, you know, micing distance is is probably a little bit more important than, than, than little height tweaks.
0: Now, most importantly, when your singers are getting in front of the mic, it is crucial that they're singing into the mic. Sometimes singers don't feel confident about their music, and they can be very prepared, but the ones who do claim that they're prepared, they still don't feel confident about singing without the music. The point is they should sing right into the microphone and not look at the music because uh, the sheet music or their phone will become a distraction and they won't be delivering their best performance. So give them the time to uh, think about what they're about to sing and put in 110% into that performance and just remove all distractions.
1: Yes. And I'd say a a pro tip on that for, you know, anyone out there who's recording the first time. And especially for for singers out there that might be recording for the first time that get nervous, that might not know the song well. If you're recording a big group of people and you have a few people that are singing very confidently, they, they're, they're very sure of their parts and, and did a good job in, in performing the song. Uh, a lot of times you can say to that person, hey, I recorded uh, so-and-so on the same exact part that you're singing. Do you want me to play their part? in your ear while you sing and a lot of times you know they can use that other singer's performance and recording as a crutch while they record because it, it becomes a lot more um, realistic for how they might perform in a group right you know you've got a singer that's never sang in their life joins an cappella group uh six months later they find themselves recording and they've never really sang on their own so if you play you know two other altos or two other sopranos for whatever part that they're singing uh it can really help them kind of get into the song and and maybe you know take their eyes off the sheet music and, and just just listen to more about how they're performing so
0: the next thing we want to talk about is what you're actually recording what takes you need to have a finished recording session so we're going to break it down All the way from how many bass tracks you're going to need, background vocals, how many takes of the solo. Again, there's no like right answer, but there is a uh, common trend on how uh, producers like to uh, record acapella vocals. So the first thing is the bass. When you're tracking the bass, oftentimes people like to get three really good takes of each part, or of each section of the song. So that way, the mixing engineer has a lot of room to play with it, whether they want to make a stereo bass or just take one bass track and set up as a mono track.
1: And then when it comes to something like background vocals, some engineers like to do two background vocals they record, some people do three. Uh, it all depends on how much time you have uh, and you know how certain you are of yourself. I think in most modern acapella recordings, you usually hear people recording two sets of background vocals. So if I'm a tenor and I'm going in to sing my part, I record my entire part through twice. And one copy of me gets put in the left ear and one copy of me gets put in the right ear. And what this does is it creates that that stereo width that Ricky was talking about that people sometimes do with bass parts, but with all the background vocals. And then you know if you pan those left and right, they get out of the way of the solo, but uh, the point is that some people triple track uh, background vocals just because sometimes uh, let's say one little part gets messed up in some performance and you miss it in the midst of recording. Uh, you know, that happens. And, you know, if you have a triple track, it's it's likely that uh, you probably have a good take in there. Now, for something like this solo, the solo is something that you're going to want to record more carefully and do with much more attention. Uh, a lot of people might have five to 10 full takes of an entire solo track by the time that they're done with a recording project. And the reason is, is because the solo is usually the loudest part of the song. So if you only get two takes of the solo and you go through editing it and you want to fix something and it doesn't sound good, you're kind of shit out of luck at that point, right? You don't have any more takes of it. So it's something that you want to have a ton of backup takes of it, and it's something that really you want to, before you're done recording, make a best of solo track or compile, make a compilation track uh, of all of the takes that you've done and say, you know what, I'm really happy with this. The singer is happy with this. The group is happy. You know, this is the, the best of for the solo. So it's something that you want to um, be more than confident about that you got right before you leave the recording.
0: Another important part in an acapella track is the vocal percussion. So uh, people like to do it differently, but I like to get one or two strong takes. I actually just hit the record button at the beginning of the song and I let the uh, percussionist perk all the way through to the end of the song before we dive in. I try to get a feel for what the groove is and communicate that with the percussionist. And if I have another groove in mind, then I will go back to a specific uh, part of the song and I say, hey, why don't we try this uh, this different groove? It's, it's really important that uh, you have these types of conversations with the vocal percussionist because the editing engineer or the mixing engineer may uh, make some tweaks to the groove and sometimes it can... Offend the vocal percussionist and they'll think, Well, that's not what I laid down. Um,
1: that's not my snare. I, I, I,
0: yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> and yeah, they, they get a little butthurt about the fact that, you know, well, they, they didn't quite perform that. So do everything you can to get that groove down and help the percussionist, you know, perform what you think the final result will be.
1: Yeah, and then more along the lines of the technical side of recording vocal percussion, uh, you can really do it the same exact way that you record everything else. Um, You just want to make sure that your pop filter is set up correctly because your VP is going to be purposefully spitting at the microphone and potentially really aggressively. I think if you listen back and and see if there's too much air and like actual pressure being put on the microphone, um, that's unwanted. Sometimes, you know, you can move the, the vocal percussionist around and get a better result. So I've seen people record VP at an angle as in, you know, Oh, I'm going to turn my head to the side and do my percussion that way, because maybe the microphone will, pick up more of the harmonics of things instead of the uh the web flubs that you get from VP and then using different types of microphones like some people use handheld microphones a really popular microphone out there right now is the Shure SM7B it's actually what I'm talking on right now uh it's a dynamic condenser microphone so it's kind of like a hybrid between that large diaphragm condenser microphone and a handheld microphone because the handheld microphones are built more for the plosives for the attack that vocal percussionists should have when they record Uh, and then the large diaphragm microphones are more for, for for sensitive sounding um sound sources for sensitive sounding sources whatever and you get the idea anyways uh you know just play around with it because whatever sounds good sounds good
0: Yeah, and this is a little this is less on the technical side and more on the hygienic side uh, Since Kyle brought up the vocal percussionist spitting, but it can get a little nasty. So um, You know if you are a Germaphobe then you might want to get like sanitizing wipes and wipe down the pop filters Um, Yeah, Uh, yeah, I've seen some nasty things. (laughs) It's not fun. But yeah, so uh, another technical thing that you want to consider is the levels. Uh, again, I, I mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but you want to make sure that all the takes stay in the green. Have your gain set up a little lower. It doesn't have to be all the way down, maybe like somewhere under under 12 o'clock, but you have to listen for what is being recorded and keep an eye on those meters. Yeah, you. the, the reason why you, want, you don't want to record too hot is because you want to allow enough headroom for the mixing engineer, you know, to throw things on like compressors, uh, multibands, things like that.
1: All right, guys, the most important thing that you can do at the end of the day as a tracking engineer uh, when you're recording is use your ears and listen. I think it's really important that I think when you start each new singer, that after they record something, you should just ask them, hey, you know what? Give me 60 seconds here. So I'm just gonna be clicking around. It's just me fixing things. And you can listen back to a take that they've done. Make sure that you don't hear any hums, clicks, pops, buzzes, any, you know, air artifacts, whatever it is. Make sure that the recording sounds the way that you want it to, because it's really unfortunate if you get to, you know, the end of an hour long recording session and then you find out, oh my gosh tammy had her tv on too loud and now we've got tv in the back of the recording oh my you know it's so you know just make sure that you know you don't make these mistakes because we made these mistakes and we want to save you guys the stress and to save you the stress even more consistently save
0: Control S is your best friend. I promise you. Command S. Or mm. Command S. Yeah, depending on what, if you're a PC or Mac user. But at this point, it's like a nervous tick for me. I, like every time I am finished tracking someone, I'm hitting, I'm hitting the, the save shortcut. Sometimes even while I, the, 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 the singer is recording their take. Uh, make it a habit make it an addiction. <laughs> I I promise you it's it's important to save. I know Well Pro Tools backs up every couple minutes but it's it's still important that you do the same manually.
1: And then after you're done with the project or done recording a project, once you've been saving all day, then you can take the time to back up everything that you've saved in a second location because what happens if your hard drive gets wiped? Or your computer gets stolen so you have to think about this you know imagine you go and travel you know two states right to record a group on a five track project and then you lose that data you are screwed you there's no way to get that data back right so make sure that whatever you're doing you back it up and and you feel confident you know what I've got a second copy of these files somewhere safe
0: Yes. And make sure that your laptop and external hard drive are not stored in the same location. Don't, don't stick both of them in a backpack. You know, if that backpack gets stolen, well, you lost both copies. So what I like to do is I have my laptop in my backpack and then I have my external drive in either a suitcase or, you know, or a a separate, uh,
1: how about the cloud? Yeah. Oh yeah. The cloud. There we go. (laughs) At the end of the day, Practice makes perfect. If you are going, you know, in a month or two or whenever you have planned to go and record someone else, you being more prepared by practicing on recording yourself, recording a friend, is is going to make a much better project for whoever you're working with because, you know, you will have encountered little issues, quirks and ticks within the software you're using that you can be prepared for and, and be familiar with when those little problems happen because technology is great. When it works and it sucks when it doesn't. So be prepared and be, you know, experienced when those little problems and, and bumps occur. That way you don't frustrate yourself and, and take the singer out of the moment. Yes. And remember
0: this whole recording session, it's not about you unless you're multi tracking yourself. But if you're recording a client, it's about them. So do everything you can to make them feel comfortable. Don't show them that you're getting flustered if uh, if you're having technical issues, you know, make sure that they stay in the right mindset uh, so they can perform the best that they can.
1: All right, guys, that's all we've got today for the Headroom Bits. See you guys next time. Later. Thanks again for listening to the Headroom Podcast with your hosts, Kyle and Ricky.